Good evening. How's everyone doing tonight? How many of you were here this morning? If you were not here this morning, you need to, as soon as it's available, get the CD. Ask for the CD for this morning. That's a great word, Chase Allen. I want to open tonight with Proverbs. Tonight we're going to talk about the Word of God, and I hope before this evening is over, you will find a new hunger and a discipline for this this Word. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25, it says, There is a way that seems right to to a man, but its end is is the way of death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The way that seems right unto man, there are many ways that seem right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I I wrote just a few down here. Uh, Walking by feelings seems right. It seems right. But, but it doesn't work. Walking by sight seems right. Walking by what we hear seems right. Walking by what we hear and see on the news. Sometimes people walk by that instead of walking by the Word of God. Uh, we even, some people even walk by their checkbook balance. That's bad. We, we're, we are to walk by faith. Is that not right? Is that what the Word tells us? And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Turn to Matthew 4. Uh, I, I hope... And pray that the day comes again that the people of God start bringing their word to church. I've been praying, God, just stir people to bring their Bibles. It's, it's so important to have. I, I know we put everything up there on the screen, but you, you cannot mark up the screen. I, I don't think people would be very happy with you if you did, but we, we need to have our pages right in front of me where we can mark Scriptures that speak to us, especially in our times of trouble, we can go back to those trials and, and think of how God, the word, when I have God speak a word to me, especially when I'm in a fiery trial, I will underline it and I'll mark the date on it. And I can go back to it and I think, well, I remember what God was doing at that, at that time in my life. We, we have tried to replace the word with just about everything there is. I know there's, there's good music. I think people even tried to replace it with fellowship and relationship. And really nothing can replace the Word of God. Nothing can take the place of God's Word. In, in chapter 4, verse 1 of Matthew, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry... Now the tempter came to him. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm telling you, we are living in the day where the church is trying to live by bread alone. The church is. Because we, we do not find the importance in our lives for having the Word of God. Uh, we just had uh, a niece and her husband visit us f- for a few days. And golly, what a treat. Uh, th- this couple, they're, they're 26 years old. And they've been married four years now. They just love God. They just love God. We'd get up in the morning and there would be 
One of them, they'd be out there on the swing with their Bible, studying their Bible in the morning and the evening. And think, golly, what a breath of fresh air. You know, there, there are young people out there who are actually studying their word, who, who bring their word. Uh, if you're here tonight and you don't have your word, I'm not here to spank you. I'm just here to encourage you. Get, get your word. Get your word. It is very, very important. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, twice he says, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He'll give his angels charge over you. In their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, you, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to, these, said to him, All these things I'll give you if you'll fall down and worship me. The enemy does not lack nerve. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Here's the irony of this whole thing, that Jesus created him. And yet he says to Jesus, if you'll fall down and worship me, all these kingdoms I'll give to you. And Jesus, because he created him, he could also take him out. Instantly, all he had to do was will it. He wouldn't even have to say it. But what did he do? All four times, Jesus said, it is written. And so you and I, when he comes to us, what do we tell him? It better be, it is written. Or you can't tell him to get lost. We, we, I'm telling you, if Jesus, the one who made him, used scripture to combat him, we need to use Scripture. This is the sword of the Spirit, right? That's what it calls in Ephesians. This is the sword of the Spirit. And the shield of faith, which comes by hearing, quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. My gosh, all the armor really points to the Word of God. And without the Word of God, I, I don't know, well, I do know what happens. We leave. We leave. Because Hebrews 4.12 tells us that this word, one of the things it does is it discerns our thoughts. And, and if your thoughts are not discerned and the enemy puts a thought in your, in your mind or my mind, if there's not something, this is like a, a great big filter. It's, it has to come through this filter in order to get down into your heart. And if it's not of God, it, it's in here. He tells us. The, are you amazed at what the enemy will tell you? Oh my gosh, he does not play fair. He does not play fair. He doesn't care about your feelings. He, he cares not about your family, your children. But he just twist scriptures just like he was to quote Jesus he quotes scripture to Jesus he'll quote scriptures to you and you understand just like we heard this morning that's how come there's all these different denominations because people have taken just parts of scriptures and and decided well I, I like this I mean we we can get on our soapbox and say uh, abortion is murder right is it murder you can say, yes, it is. Abortion's murder. But, listen, so is hating your brother. Now, I've never seen that bumper sticker. It's murder. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Read, it's in 1 John 5. He said, you hate your brother, you're a murderer. There's not eternal life abiding in you. But we'd like to pick and choose what scriptures we want. And I'm telling you, and the Word of God tells us that every word of God is pure. Every word.
Turn to Mark 4. And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude, I'm sorry, verse 1, was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. Well, you're anywhere and someone is sowing something besides the word, you need to go. But the day comes and the word of God is not sown in this place, you need to go. You come to Sunday school, if the word of God is not being sown in there, don't come to Sunday school. Tells you your Sunday school teacher has gotten weird. We need the word of God and only the word of God sown in our lives. Nothing else. He sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear Satan comes, how many of you see that next word? Anyone see it? What's it say? Immediately. He immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. You understand, that's why you're thinking about everything else but the word of God tonight. That's what's going on out there. I know, because I, I, I'm, I sit out there. I could be sitting right in front of Jody, and you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking how that stinking grass needs mowed tomorrow. That's what I'm doing. And that's the enemy. That's what he's doing. He's trying to steal the seed that is attempting to be sown into our hearts. Because the enemy understands the potential of it. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word, accept it or receive it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. The enemy knows this scripture. He knows this scripture, church. And I'm telling you, he understands that Jesus laid out the worst case scenario. If this word right now that's going out to you falls on good soil, the worst case scenario is that you will bear fruit 30-fold. Oh my gosh, that's the worst case if it falls on good soil. It could be 60-fold, it could be 100. You tell me an investor that would not jump all over that. The worst case scenario is 30-fold. So the enemy breathes into your mind and says, don't listen to him. 
What time is it anyway? He should be done by now. That's what you'll hear. That's what he'll say. He'll have you think about everything and everyone but the word of God. Because he wants this seed that's being sown in your life. Right now, he wants it. And I promise you from now until who knows when, he will constantly be trying to steal this seed. Because this is the word of God. We just heard this morning, this word doesn't return void. Tells us in Isaiah 55, 11. This word does not return void. It'll accomplish what God wants to accomplish. The enemy knows that. This word is so powerful. You, you and I have dynamite on our laps. It is so powerful. Look at Hebrews 4. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's why people leave church. Their thoughts are not discerned. Nothing is discerning their thoughts. They're walking by feelings. They're walking by sight. They're walking by expectations. They're walking by everything but the Word of God. I want to encourage you tonight. You get into your Word. Because we are in uh, Crazyville, USA. We are. And there, there is so much going on here. Do you know that Muskingum County... I believe it's the highest rate of addiction for heroin and in the state, right right here in Wybridge City. You understand, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. And all the spiritual wickedness, we have to attack with spiritual weapons. This is a weapon that the church has laid down. I don't know if we're just ashamed to bring it, ashamed to walk with it. I had someone tell me, well, I, I don't need to read it. I just retain it. I said, what's Jeremiah 31.4 say? <laughs> I don't know. You're not retaining it too good. We have to hide this word in our heart. So that we do not sin against God. For Isaiah 26, 3 says, For thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he what? He trusts in thee. That's faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Listen, I, I know I'm a hard nose on this, but I, I tell you, when, when we went through a three-year trial with our son and we ended up losing him to leukemia, that all that time, God just had me in this bench vice of his, squeezing out all this junk. And if, if the word of God was not in there, he taught me, you've got to have this word in you. Because the enemy does not care about you. He has a plan. His M.O. is steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't care. He doesn't like you. You think everyone likes you, you're crazy. The enemy hates you. You have a father that loves you, but I'll tell you, the enemy hates you. He does. He hates everything about you. You're here tonight, and he hates you. He hates the fact that you are here, and you're hearing the Word of God, so he has your mind going everywhere. All these thoughts are coming in. Even as we speak, I'm telling you, it's going on. I know It's going on up here. Does it not happen? Oh, yes, it does. Because guess what? He wants a seed that's being sown in my heart. Just as well as yours. 1 Timothy 3. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 3. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How? With the word. So you get in this word and say, I'm going to equip you for everything I'm calling you to do. Here's your instruction. Need instruction on raising kids? Right here. Instruction in marriage? Right here. Instruction in how to carry yourself in, in God's house? Right here. Everything we need. Instruction in finances? Right here. It's all right here in the Word of God. And I'm telling you, we got to pick it up. Isaiah 34, 16 says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. Say, well, I, and I cannot count. The people have said to me, well, I just don't understand the Bible. Oh, I do. I understand everything about it. Just come to me. Are you kidding me? I'd stay away from everyone who said they understood everything in the Bible. I, I think it's Psalm 119, 130 says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives, it gives understanding to the simple. God's, God's word does. He gives us understanding as we read it. He may speak a, a completely different thing to a scripture to Heather than he does to me. Same scripture. Oh, seek ye out and read. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. What a word to a young evangelist to give him. Preach the word. Don't give him opinions. Don't give him theories. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come. It's here. The time will come when they will not endure. That word means put up with. Sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside. Fables? Many of you are not old enough to remember, but I mean, there was a movement years ago and you think it's crazy now. They, they were crazy even 20-some years ago. They were... Uh, it was so much of a prosperity teaching. They, they, were, they were just throwing out gold dust and having it land on people. They would have services where they would just listen for angel wings. Uh, I, I remember, what, I, I probably told you this story. One lady came to me one time, one young girl, and said, Man, have I got good news for you. I said, I know what your new name is in heaven. I said, no, 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 you don't. Oh, I do. God showed me. I said, you didn't. I, I know I heard from God. I said, you didn't. You didn't hear from him. He, because God's word says, I'm he's going to give me a new name. But he said, no man knows it. Well, I said, you, you're not the exception. I don't think he pulled you aside. Let me tell you what Bruce's new name is. No man knows that name. Oh, she was absolutely distraught. Uh, a lady who was grooming her just got so upset with me and said, I hope you're happy because you've just, you've just really busted that girl's bubble. I said, it needed busted. She, she, she's playing big league here. And she's going to play big league. She's going to play big league rules. Not saying someone can't have a word of prophecy over someone. That's a completely different thing. She said, well, I want you to know that God is doing new things these days through his prophets and his prophetesses. I said, not if it doesn't line up with this. If it doesn't line up with this, I'm not receiving it. If it does, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You show it to me in here and I'll receive it. But that goes completely against the word of God. But you understand that is the day we're in. As anything goes. The, the church is attempting to look like the world and act like the world. And 
I just, I, I've, I fear because this, I know this is one of the signs of the last days. Uh, this, this falling away. You and I got to have this word in us. And we got to give it. We, we have to give it. That's what it tells us in Isaiah right before that it doesn't return void. That it gives, this word gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower. This word does. We, this is what we have to be sowing is God's word. And, and I know many people say, well, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not, not that way. I, I think we're just ashamed. I mean, God gives all of us opportunities to share His Word. Share what God has done in your life. Because it, it doesn't matter whether you feel like you're qualified or been saved long enough. or It doesn't matter. When you give God's Word, the vessel... It's not about the vessel. It's about what's in the vessel. Who's in the vessel? God's Word... When you give God's word, you cannot go wrong. Can't go wrong. Turn to the book of Jonah. I'm going to show you. The silence is deafening. It is. Now the word of the Lord... Verse, chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. If you get a map out and you look at where Nineveh was, you look at Tarshish, I mean, to Joppa, these are so far away. Uh, Nineveh's on the Tigris River up in what is now uh, Iraq. And Joppa's on the river, on the, on the sea. A long way away. It, it, on the map, as far as I could see looking at it, it looked like about 1,600 miles away. That's a long way to flee from the presence of God. But he told him, you go and you preach against it. You tell him. He didn't. But the Lord, verse 3, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down in the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain said to him, he came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Rise. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we do not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots. Said, We're going to draw straws that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Gladly. No, they, they didn't want to do it. He said, Throw me into the sea, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O God, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they picked up Jonah 
and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Said, oh, wait, maybe he was right. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to who? Yeah, to the Lord immediately. Now they're seeing a change because they would sacrifice and cry out to their gods first. Now they see the Lord is the true Lord of him. So that's who they're talking to. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I'm telling you, when God gets us in those places, isn't it amazing how he can get our attention? What's God got to do to you to get your attention? He doesn't care how old you are. You got a button and he knows right where it's at. And he can push it at any time. He's God. And if he wants your attention, you won't even ignore him. He'll make it so you can't ignore him if he wants your attention. That's a good father there. So Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The water surrounded me, even in my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet, you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you in your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. That's a pretty good prayer, isn't it? Sound like a changed heart to you? Sure does to me. Sounds like a changed heart. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah on the dry ground. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So God has given to us the message he's told us, and that's what he wants us to preach to people. Not opinions, but the message God gives us. So Jonah arose. He went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great journey, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. And he cried out and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the grace of them to the least of them. Are you kidding me? It's almost like this word works. He obeyed God, preached what God told him to preach, and look what happened. They repented. Do you understand? That is a mark of the gospel being preached. There is repentance. When God speaks to us through his word, it's a sword. It comes in and it pricks. It pierces, does it not? That's good, not bad. We look at discomfort and think, man, that's, that's awful to feel that way. No, it's good to feel that way. I told you the time that uh, we named Keith after some guy that worked for CNO Railroad down in West Virginia. And one day I took Keith down there to visit with him while he was still working on the railroad. And I was walking along right on the, the train tracks. And he was holding Keith and he said, hey, don't walk on the train tracks. I said, why? He said, a train will run over you. And I'm in my own mind thinking, surely you're going to hear a train coming, wouldn't you? Well, no, it's not that obvious. He's a lot of people have done that. A lot of people have been ran over. You don't hear the train behind you. Look, there are things that, that God will do to us that are so obvious. 
that he wants our attention. It's, it's so simple. He said, well, his word says don't do that. Well, why? Well, you'll get ran over. It'll kill you. It'll destroy your soul. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Why? It'll kill you. That's what the word of God says. You have to abstain from it. Don't, don't go near it. We were reading, all you got to do is read uh, Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 about the adulterous woman that flatters with her lips. It's a train wreck waiting to happen. Oh, it is. So the people believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. The king. That's President Trump. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works. That they turned away from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Oh my gosh. This is one man. This is one man that went and proclaimed the word of God. Listen, and the king ended up getting saved. Uh, I, I know that Donald Trump is not saved, but you and I need to be praying for him because he's got some real good people around him. He's got some believers around him. You understand that he just uh, turned over the, the gay thing in the military. How many of you know that? It's a good thing. They're, they're not taking gays anymore. Oh, that sounds harsh. No, that sounds like someone with some sanity. That's what it sounds to me like. Look, you would think after this, the people and the king... They covered themselves with ashes and sackcloth. They've repented. They're happy. So everyone should be happy now. Wrong. Look at chapter 4. This is one of the most amazing scriptures. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. This is the preacher. That's why I'm telling you, it doesn't matter about the preacher. It is what is being preached. If it's God's word. So he prayed to the Lord and said. Oh Lord was this not what I said. When I was still in my country. Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know you are a gracious and merciful God. Slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. One who relents from doing harm. Therefore now oh Lord please take my life from me. For it's better me to die than to live. What a great attitude. This is coming from a preacher who said, I knew you would save them. I knew it would happen. This is, this is what happens when God's word is being preached. Lives are changed. His word will not return void. Even if you have a bozo up here. God says, this is what I, I God said, I've exalted my word above my name. His word. And we just take this so lightly. We, we don't even care that we have it with us anymore in God's house. I'm telling you, I, start bringing your word to church. Get that thing out and start bringing it to church. So you can follow along with scriptures and you can mark things. This is the beginning of the insanity and craziness in people. They lay down the word of God. They lay it down. And so anything goes. We walk by feelings. Now, I'm not going that, back to that church. No one shook my hand. And I had quit coming a long time ago. Are you, if, I, if I'm dependent on someone to come and shake my hand, 
Someone came to me and told me that one time. They said, they didn't shake my hand. Not only that, I was in the hospital and they never came and visited me. I said, did you call anyone and tell, did you call the office and tell them you were in the hospital? Well, no. Oh, we're mind readers too. Are you kidding me? You can't do that. But that's someone who is not a student of the Word of God. Not meditating on the Word of God because their thoughts were not being discerned. They were biting on what the enemy was throwing at them. And that, he, he'll throw it. He'll start right here. He'll go up this side, work his way down, and back over the other side. And right now, he'll just have all these thoughts going on. And if you do not have the Word of God inside of you, you will bite on them. You'll believe them. He'll tell you no one likes you. That's a lie even for me. There may not be many, but I know some do. I know my grandchildren love me. I, and Marcia has hung in there. I think she's all right with me. It'll be, it'll be 41 years tomorrow. So, But that's what the enemy does. Now, no one really cares about you. If they cared about you, oh my gosh. Yeah, without this word, you'll believe it. You, I promise you'll believe it. You'll take it in and say, it'll be hook, line, and sinker. I knew it. I knew it. No one cares about me. I've had people say to me, well, this same person told me that about no one visiting when they were in the hospital. I said, just out of curiosity, I said, in the last six months, how many people have you gone to the hospital and visited? Well, none. That's not my job. I said, oh, it is. Where, where in Scripture does that say that's someone else's job? That's for us. We're to visit the sick, all of us. That's not pastor's job. I don't see that in here. That's the Word of God. If you see it in there, you... you you show me, you bring it up here, and I'll stand corrected. But I've never seen that in the Word of God. It's the pastor's job to do visiting. Is it in your Bible? Please don't raise your hand. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city, sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm. And it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind. The sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint that he wished death for himself and said... Again, this is the second time, it is better for me to die than to live. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? He said, It is right for me to be angry even to death. Talk to Almighty God that way. I think that's a pretty hard heart. I, I, don't, I don't know when we get to heaven... Who all is going to be there? But I'm telling you, if he left like this, my whole point is, this is God's word. And someone with that bad of an attitude, the towns, the thousands, look, look at what happened here. But the Lord said, you've, not, you've had pity on a plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night on the plant. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 people who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? Do you understand? 120,000 people repented and got right with God because of a preacher that just preached God's word even with a bad attitude. I knew it would happen. I knew they'd get saved. This is the reason I didn't want to do it. I knew they'd get saved. Oh my gosh, find another job. That is the power of God's word, even with a bad attitude. So you got 
to get this inside of you even when you don't feel like reading. Even when you don't like what the Word of God says, Pastor talks about beans. It's in here. For me, that would be onions. Onions and mustard. It's in there. Beets. I've none, to my knowledge, has ever passed my lips. Beets have not. I think they're disgusting. Look To look at, to smell, to... I look and think, why would anyone eat something that looked like that? Why? And yet... That's often the way we view the Word of God. Oh, I don't like that. I, I'm going to move on to something else. But every Word of God is pure. Every Word of God is pure. It is written. It is written. It is written. If you find yourself confused, if you find yourself depressed. I remember when we went to uh, the psych ward. How many years did we go up there? Probably 12 or 13 years, didn't we, Lenny? It was a long time. They let us go in there and we would preach. And I, I've, I've seen four-year-olds in the psych ward, psych ward. But one thing I noticed that over the years, every Sunday I would go up there, I never ran into someone in that place who would meditate on the Word of God day and night. Ever. That's a lot of years, a lot of visits, and not one time did I find someone in that place who would meditate on God's Word day and night. This does things we have no idea of. It works. This Word works. It works. You can live by it. You can count on it. Listen, I have staked my eternity on God's Word. My eternity. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. America is perishing. The church is perishing because we have not become students of the Word of God. Take your Bible. Take time. The Word of God tells us in Psalm 1, if we meditate day and night, we're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water bringing forth our fruit in our season. Our leaf won't perish, won't wither, and whatever we do will prosper if we meditate on God's Word day and night. I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Many of you are thinking already, and it's part of the enemy and the, trying to steal a seed. He's saying, well, you can't. You're too busy. You got too much going on. I mean, you got you got a babysit. You got these kids. You got and then you got to do this, and then next day you got to. I mean, you just don't have time. Listen to me. We do not have time because we do not make time. We make time to eat every day. Maybe you're different than me. I don't remember the last time I missed a meal. I didn't have to talk myself into it. Sometimes I have extra. Listen, every day I do that. So why the Word of God tells us in Peter, said, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. We have an entire church in America who's trying to grow without the Word. There's no growth without the Word of God. If you're, if you're one who is just out of the habit, listen, Ask God, say, make me disciplined. Give me discipline to get in this Word. Because there's crazy stuff happening. All you got to do is read the end of Matthew 7. Two different people. One built their house on the rock. One built their house on the sand. The rains descended. The floods came. The winds blew and beat upon both houses. But the end result was so different. Because the one that was built on the rock stood. There's the rock. This works, church. It works. Let's stand. I'm thankful for this word. 
I'm thankful that I had an uncle one day who told me, Bruce, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I'm thankful that he spoke the word to me. Didn't tell me I needed to go to church. I was already going to church. Told me what the word of God said. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, we spend eternity in a lake of fire. I know that for a fact because that's what the Bible says. And we cannot see that kingdom of heaven unless we're born again. Now, I can only assume uh, because you're here on Sunday night, you like to come because you like to hear the word, but I can't see inside your heart. I don't know that everyone's name in this place is written in the book of life. But if it's not, you need to come to this altar and just simply repent of your sins like they did in Nineveh. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me and receive the, the gift we heard about this morning, the, the salvation that comes from Jesus on the cross. Come up here and you can leave with your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is as simple as that. Like we heard, it's not complicated. It's not complicated or I couldn't do it. It has to be simple for me. i got to have simple stuff. But if you're out there and that's you, you need to come up here. If you're out there and you need to come to this altar to ask God, say, God, you've got to do this in me. I'm lazy. I don't like this. Flesh hates this word. The carnal nature hates this word. I promise what will happen is you'll get it, you'll start reading it, and you'll yawn. And you'll say, well, I'll do this tomorrow. Oh, the spirit of slumber, because the enemy does not want this inside your spirit. Thirtyfold the worst. If this word falls on good soil, thirtyfold, I'll take that any day. Could be 16, could be 100. If you need to talk to your God, you come up the altar.